Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Welcome to the NXT 2.0 review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamplot and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT 2.0. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review NXT 2.0, but also more than our half, right now, right now, so let's play reviews, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Havilland Sidgwick to review NXT 2. <laughs> As you may have guessed, I had a bloody good time watching this show. Yeah, me too. I just need to let the listeners in on this. You've developed this opening bit now to the point where you were maybe you were worried that the pops were starting to do it, but you were starting to worry that the pops were starting to diminish on these reviews where you give a voice to every one of these shows. That subconsciously or not, you started moving from different sides of the microphone to make it look like they're in conversations. So the modern <laughs> out raw guys in with a Friday night smackdown, like two people yeah. sharing a brew and comparing shows. Uh I, I really enjoyed this, and there was not a single good match to speak of. I, I had a thoroughly entertaining two hours of a wrestling show given to me, uh, despite not enjoying the granular action. This was sort of the opposite of the feeling I get over Dynamite sometimes, where I've been shown lots of great wrestling, and the way it's been laid out, or the fact that everything's moves too quick. I've, I've just not had a very good time. Like That's what I feel. Somehow, this worked. This mm. really worked for me, and that's despite... Some wrestlers from a brand that I'm told exists when there is no evidence and proof of it making an appearance on the show as well. Away from NXT, which I wasn't nearly as kind on, there was some good stuff on it, right? I have long since said that Tony Khan is like normalizing the value of like specials. Mm. Quake by the Lake should have been absolutely massive. It just got a rating consistent with what mm. they've usually been getting because I think he's been slapping things arbitrarily on a dynamite where it no longer feels special. I remember Bash at the Beach. Like, Jesus Christ, it's yeah. a B-level yeah. pay-per-view. Fight, had... Fighter Fest is still here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it hasn't felt like that. But I want every single week Tony Khan to go absolutely mental and come up with a new suffix for his <laughs> yes. titles just so Willborn can <laughs> do it. Like, uh, how, in theory, in February of next year, how would you um, say, how do you introduce the St. Patrick's Day Slam preview? St. Patrick's Day Slam. There we go. That's great. Uh, what else have they done? New- Ooh, Halloween. Halloween. Win- winter is coming. <laughs> winter. <laughs> that, that, d- that ghost from Halloween's gotten awfully cold. That's how Keith Lee in it now, clearly. <laughs> New Year's smash. Hey! 
Yeah, Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> New Year's evil. <laughs> New Year is... <laughs> Every single one. Ooh, it's, ooh, ooh, it's spring, is it? <laughs> the go back. Ooh, fighter fest. <laughs> <laughs> the go back to Daly's place periodically oh, yeah. for homecoming. <laughs> Welcome back. Let's <laughs> do it straight sometimes. William Regal's left, so War Games, new one. Oh, yeah. Mm. What are they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> war Games! <laughs> it's, it's, it's again the same as the same one, and not only a Nobody can see you saluting. <laughs> war Games! Battle of Bills! Great American Bears! <laughs> anyway, uh, Black Friday Rampage. Oh, this is Rampage, baby. Uh, that's the, that's the, if anything, Rampage special. But there's a big discount. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, is there any more? Much like the ratings, it's fifty percent off the first episode. <laughs> Quake by the lake. Whoa! Quake by the lake. <laughs> Again, far too visual that. I just wobbled my chair. I didn't. I thought about that. I was talking about Quake by the lake. I was like, I've missed an opportunity here. You have. Whoa! Quake by. The lake. Oh <laughs> god. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, we'll, we'll cross this bridge when we get to them. Um, oh, yeah, I've got to be honest. I don't know what what it is about oh. like. Uh, uh, me tricking Ooh, my- spooky <laughs> ghost cause an earthquake. I don't know what it is about. Ooh, beach break. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that was Adam Cole on that beach one time. Yeah, I guessed it, wasn't it? reason on the beach. <laughs> um, I, 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 I was kinder on the matches here. I don't know whether it is because I, when I tune into NXT, even though it's got people like Giovanni Vinci and Carmelo Hayes and, and people like that who you like, you aren't a green wrestler first learning the ropes, but I do kind of give him a lot more leeway than I would to Raw, SmackDown, or obviously to, to Dynamite when it comes to, to quality. I was obviously biased towards one of the matches on this show, and I think another one, which we'll get to, as you alluded to on the preview, uh, stuck to a formula that has served them well with, yeah. with Mandy Rose just targeting a body part. Well, we'll, we'll go through this as, as we get to the matches and, and talk about it, because there was a big announcement of... Uh, WWE attempting to copy something that AEW has introduced, and I'm fascinated to know both of your thoughts on how you think that's gonna that's gonna play out. The forbidden door. <laughs> so the show opens. Yeah, it should be forbidden in Enfield <laughs> with, with a with a big video package. It's not even a door; it's just one of the metal shutters. <laughs> <laughs> it's a performance and. Uh, um, Paul Heyman narrating this video package, obviously with the heat wave uh, the connotations that made a lot of sense, and it made feel made it feel quite big, I big time, I thought with all this. And the show opened uh, with Carmelo Hayes defending his North American Championship against Giovanni Vinci, um, and obviously these two um, you have higher expectations of in terms of quality of the match because of their experience. And there was a few, I was going to say missteps, I suppose is the best way of putting it. There's, um, I think, most obviously, the spot where Carmelo comes off the top. And I think Vinci's going to do that thing where he sort of catches in him and then freak of strength just lifts yeah. him up. And they just they just messed that up, which was a bit of a shame. Uh, anyway, in terms of the match, the double down takes us to a break early on. Um, during the break, Trick Williams, who's obviously there at ringside for, for Melo, distracts Vinci and that allows uh, Carmelo to take over. But um, Vinci comes back with some, again, mad stuff. Rolling fireman's carry slam. That transition to a springboard moonsault. He uh, uh, gets countered at one point. Does does Vinci and Hayes comes back in with that springboard backwards guillotine drop whilst Giovanni's draped in the ropes. 
Um, Vinci at one point when uh, Hayes goes to the outside does a double springboard into a flying crossbody off the top rope to the outside onto both Hayes and Williams uh, and then also does a double springboard into a moonsault press when they're back in the ring. Vinci goes for a cover but Williams does the old gimmick that we've seen a lot of recently where he pops Hayes' foot on the bottom rope and points to the referee saying, oh, no, rope break sort of thing. Um, so... So Vinci decides to get Hayes up and just nail him with a clothesline. He goes to the powerbomb. Trick Williams tries to interfere, dives into the ring. Vinci powerbombs Carmelo Hayes onto Trick Williams, powerbombs Williams, then goes to hit Hayes a second time, but he's had sufficient time to recover. He can hurricane Rana and reverse the powerbomb, grab a leg and steal one, I suppose. There's a lot. This was, It's really difficult to analyse because, like, it's still a bit of a Conrad Thompsonism. There's a lot to unpack here, or I thought there was. The match simply wasn't as good as, I think, reasonable expectations were set to. And within NXT as well, they're like mm-hmm. the hot openers on these shows, these specials especially, because they want to set the tone for the night. And you've got two characters that are over, and loads of evidence to suggest that this was going to be great. There seem to be chemistry issues throughout, which is unfortunate sometimes when it occurs, because you want to give the rest of the benefit of the doubt that if they're just on slightly different pages, just sometimes things don't work out. And I don't think they ever really shook that off. And Maybe it was uh, a confidence as the match wore on in each other that they didn't have. Because as you've just described, they're a play-by-play. Tons of the stuff was really good mm. and looked really nice. And a lot of it had a lot of ambition, even when it didn't work out. And you thought, yeah, it, it's worth giving that a go and it doesn't work out. But the match, if you like taken away from all that and the, the fireworks display moments, the match really left a lot to be desired. Mm. Like it wasn't very psychologically sound. I didn't feel like there was any sort of, like the early portion of the match was laboured rather than it was, um, like, thoughtful. And there was no sense of, a, like, a body part being worked or an attempt to wear the other one down. Um, and we're back to, with Carmelo Hayes especially, a big problem that they continue to not really address, which is the babyface heel dynamic. When NXT 2.0 first started, it was this, oh, everybody's just awful. And they're just different grades of awful. And they're, deci- they're telling you that this awful trait is a good one. Yes. Cheer, for the, cheer for that awful trait instead of that one. They've actually... I think they've done a good job. If you look at this card, they've done a pretty good job of fixing that on 2.0, but they've not done it with Carmelo Hayes. Giovanni Vinci has been a heel from day one, and he plays this heel figure, and he's arrogant, and yet, like, he's given all of his... When we were falling in love with Imperium, he was given loads of those types of spots in this match, including one where he has to pull out the big guns to take down two people because mm-hmm. he's being disadvantaged, and even the finish is like, well, I've absolutely battered this guy with a killer power bomb, and I've lost because, ultimately, there was a numbers game working against me. And they just, it's astonishing that in 2022, they don't think about stuff that mattered in the 60s. It's got to be a bad guy and a good guy. There's only guy. a little tiny thing happening in bars. It was so niche that they <laughs> can't <laughs> really tell what like, to draw from. Yeah. It's just so obscure, you see. I'd never thought about it like that. Yeah, you're right. Like, there's got to be a bad guy and a good yeah. guy. And you have to follow a rhythm in that respect. And, like, it's, I think it upset, like, the sort of the quality of the match as well. And I think that was one of several reasons why this all scanned as a disappointment. And I remain uncertain about Hayes, I think. Like, he's great, objectively yes. great. This run is good. They are doing their best to at least establish this North American title run as something that, a bit like Mandy Rose's title run now, like the champions are fairly well established and it's going to take somebody to beat them all. And they've done that with Carmelo Hayes as well. But you kind of have to rely on him for the great matches and this wasn't that. Mm. I'm going to have to disagree on that take, right? Um, I had a bit of an epiphany watching... Um, Hayes during this match, where I think his ceiling is le- like legitimately three and three quarter stars. I don't think he's that great in the ring. He's got this strange way of running the ropes that I just find it's one of those things where you can't unsee it mm-hmm. once you notice it. He's got the strange way of running the ropes, um, where sometimes like 
this isn't his first match that's been kind of marred by a sort of a clunky quality where it just doesn't really feel like this effervescent, free-flowing, like incredibly exhilarating match. I just think he's a little bit clunky mechanically, and this does feed into the, the chemistry issues he's had with more than one opponent at this point. There's been a few matches, if you trace going down the line here, <laughs> um, where you've thought, oh, Carmelo Hayes, oh, I was expecting a much better match here and didn't quite get it. Mm. Um, in his... I love the act so much, him and Trick. Um, and honestly, it's better that he's got the act the way around he has it, where he can build interest in his match, he can resonate as a star, he can actually appear cool in that context, as I said a million times, which is going to serve his career so well. He's just got intangibles. But he hasn't got the work rate, but because he's smaller and he wears kick pads, you expect... Mm a great match out of him, but I just think people conflate the look and the attire and the stature physically with a kind of wrestling style that he's no expert in at all. I thought, honestly, he was kind of outclassed by Giovanni Vinci here. Um, I just think, like, as an individual performance, like, Vinci was just running rings around. Yeah, like, loads of babyface spots, though, didn't he, Vinci? Yeah. Which was weird. And, again, on a, on a wider level, we talk about NXT and the bar so low. When they do a show like this, you think, that was bloody good for NXT. And then you try not to be generous because I'm a very harsh critic and you think, was it? Because you've got two heel versus heel matches and the one un-uppable babyface you've got, you geeked her out completely later in the night. So that's a wider problem with Triple H's book and he's obsessed with heel versus heel stuff. Um, he's not very good at booking babyfaces anymore when he used to be amazing at it, but that's an incidental point. There were two spots where I literally was like guffawing at how good Vinci is, when he drew, when he got the short arm clothesline oh. to Hayes and just turned him inside out, which, to be fair, required a great bump from Hayes. And there was, like, just his dive on both of them was so impactful in what's very quickly becoming a big Triple H fond trope. Um, the second on the other side of the ring gets the leg and puts it on the bottom rope on the behalf of the wrestler. Trick Williams did the best version of that I've seen in ages. Mm -hmm. It was so fluid. The referee would have no idea. It was so quick. Um, but yeah, I just don't think Carmelo Hayes is the great wrestler people think he is because he has the attire and the kick pads, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I was watching this and I was thinking... But he is a star, but he is yeah, a star. Yeah, I was thinking... Well, this is what I was thinking. Because Vinci was getting all the big spots, I was thinking, oh, cool. Well, this will be a nice send-off for, for Melo then. I assume he's... Like, they got to a point in the match where I was like, he's going to lose now. Yeah. And... The finish was hot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I just thought... And then it just... Like, this the whole stealing one and, you know, Vinci just... I, I, I was just surprised yeah, by it all. They've built a heel that is impossible to hate because he's so good in the ring. Yes. He's now being cheated. The stick's funny as well. The stick's you funny. Know, it's not like Rick Martel would be a babyface now because yeah, it's, it's, it's more like ironic. Iron, yeah, 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 the irony factor, exactly. That's a great take. And he's so spectacular. He's got banter. He's absolutely incredible between the ropes. And now in his first major title match, his first featured match, if you like, on NXT, he's been disadvantaged. Mm. So a good heel you've built there, Papa H. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ch other champions, the, the men's and women's NXT champions, uh, bump, into each, bump to each other in the parking lot and both say, oh, we've got, got big nights tonight, basically. We'll see who remains champ afterwards. And Mandy Rose gives Brombreaker a bit of a look, all the toxic attraction. I've noticed that he's a big old boy, basically. And then we get a vignette of uh, Von Wagner, uh, and uh, Bobby Stone, who uh, Stone says Von's a freak of nature. He's put Solo Sokoa out of action. He could walk into any team in the NFL preseason. And, uh, could he? Because that's why he became a wrestler. Mm. <laughs> Von says... You don't say the 
you don't say that because it just makes you think, actually, you can't because he would be doing that because yeah. you get more money in fame. <laughs> Von crowbars lots of references in about Papa H, basically, and says he doesn't care if, he, if he's internet famous, if, if someone's popular or not, blah, blah, blah. No one weaker than him is going to survive in his jungle. If there weren't such cheap bastards in WWE, right, you'd say the jungle thing is going to come out, welcome to the jungle. They've just licensed yeah. the theme. But unfortunately, they're cheap bastards, despite having so much money that you're never going to get something cool like licensed music. Maybe that will change with Papa H. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we were just talking about, it's so like Giovanni Vinci's lost, and like we're approaching this, trying to approach it rationally and say, like, could have done without a, like a big defeat so early because of all these amazing qualities he's got. I, we all enjoy Von Wagner, but he's not got all the amazing qualities that Giovanni Vinci's got. And coming out the wrong end of a long feud with Solo Sikawa, they just think, we'll just do a promo and say you're great. Yeah. Like, that's that's their answer. Like, I was like, Giovanni Vinci's lost a big big first program. How are they going to, like we are saying, how would you predict the title match? Because what do you do with the loser afterwards? Just, like, next week, video package. I'm the best. <laughs> well, it works when it's Grayson Waller, yeah, but it, yeah. Objective evidence that you are not the best is right there. <laughs> no, I'm the best. It's my jungle. Like, imagine a lion getting savaged on the first day by a much smaller animal. It's like, you're not the king of the jungle anymore. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, no one weaker than me survives in my jungle. So, so let's go stronger than you. <laughs> That's it. Uh, and also in this, we saw Julius Creed promising to reveal something. A whole of diamond mine had come to the ring. Um, and uh, there's, there's the Creed brothers, obviously, Roderick Strong and Damon Kemp. Um, and initially, Julius Creed puts over Roderick Strong, saying you know, they, they all jumped at the chance to, to learn from him, to have him coach them. Um, but someone is trying to bring down Diamond Mine, and he's going to call that person out. Roderick Strong! And he turns on him, and Strong's all, whoa, what are you talking about? He tries to defend himself, puts over the group, says, you know, you guys are mint, blah, 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 you're one of the best tag teams in WWE. I'll put you against the Usos any day. You're the future. And says, he says, you're not the future, Roddy. We're now... Um, and you're just, you know, hyping us up so you can eventually stab us in the back. And Brutus says, Julius, what are you talking about? Are you sure about all this? He says, yes. And Brutus walks around and says, well, fair enough. If you think so, I've got your back. Uh, and they're, they're backing up, and Damon Kemp's backing up Roderick Strong into the corner. And Strong says, be careful what you say next, Julius. And Julius says, oh, no, I've got this ready. I've got Carter Riley to do a bit of video editing for me. Throws the video clip of them, obviously, in that big match with the family. Uh, and there's a bit where it seems like Tony D'Angelo's tapping on the mat. Maybe he's doing a little signal to Roddy Strong. Maybe there's even a nod at one point because it's the bit with, obviously, Strong accidentally kneeing Julius Square in the face. Um, and uh, he says, look, what's all this about? Is this a signal? Are you, you know, what are you betraying us, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and Strong gets angry at these and these accusations. He starts yelling at Julius, but suddenly that doesn't matter because uh, Damon Kemp and the Cree brothers are laid out by an attack by Gallus of NXT UK. Joe Coffey, Mark Coffey, uh, and Wolfgang. And there's a nice moment I, I did like where they beat down the, the Cree brothers and, and uh, Damon Kemp, and you think, oh, my God, has Roderick Strong employed them? And then they just went, no, lay him out as well. So that was a, a nice sort of... Swerve of a mm. swerve, almost. Yeah, they beat down all of Diamond Mine. They leave them laying, uh, and they stand tall over them. What did you make of all this, Sidge? Because I know you've got something you want to talk about in a second, Hamlet. This was the gallows bit, yes. yes. I, I zoned out. I, I, I profusely apologise. This, right, again, the ability to discern a story doesn't necessarily make the story good. This is foreshadowed. It's been built. Um, look, at the very least, they're baby-faced in the creeds, who I think are phenomenally endearing. They just radiate, like, good guy energy and they're really fun to watch so yes i'm all in favor of the storyline 
Um, and it was a bit of a shock twist. Mm. Forbidden door has been opened. <laughs> it's forbidden because it forbidden should be. Forbidden shutter. Yeah, it's, it's, it's called a forbidden shutter. Forbidden shutter has been opened. It, sh- it should stay locked for the <laughs> for the general well-being of Samuel. Um, <laughs> Gallus, I'm not being funny, right? I commute to work, um, and you just see people on the metro system, yeah? Mm. And they're just bang average people like me, mm. just going about their daily lives, and half of them look like Gallus. No, I just realised you said this when you came this morning. It's not the airport test, it's the metro test. It's the metro <laughs> test. Like three metro cans. It's the anti-airport test because yeah. these yeah. the way that Gallus dressed, they looked indistinguishable to the normal human being. I was someone who hopped the barrier, didn't it? But I know look, they had yeah, obviously, yeah. but you know. You what need mean? to speed the theme up to make it good. We know yeah. that. Treat yourself if you've never done that before, by the way. Anyone listening to this, speed up the Gallus theme, and it's the most entertaining thing about Gallus ever. <laughs> so they don't come in with this reputation of, like, really fashionable, um, acclaimed, must-see guys. They're on NXT UK, so that's impossible. But they've got this reputation as, like, my favourite take that underscores why Triple H is not does not deserve Papa H, right? <laughs> is that Vince McMahon, right? He had the idea to expand... The WWWF across all of America mm-hmm. and just dominate the nation, right? He was genius enough to realize that across the AWA, Hollywood, and New Japan Pro Wrestling, that Hulk Hogan was the star around which to build. And indeed, they expanded to the detriment of the wider industry, mm-hmm. but to the absolute benefit of the WWF, right? That was to do America, right? All of America. Triple H, right? wanted to infiltrate the traditional heavy hotbeds of Mexico and Japan, right? Not just America, NXT. He wanted NXT UK, right? Mm. He wanted NXT Mexico, and he wanted NXT Japan, right? He wanted a bigger piece of the goddamn pie than even Vince McMahon himself, right? And these aren't easy places to sort of, you know, infiltrate or like these, like CMLL is the oldest major wrestling company in the world. New Japan Pro Wrestling was founded before Titan Sports because it was founded in 1992, right? This is going to be an absolutely Herculean task if Triple H was ever, ever going to accomplish it. It's the most ambitious venture, global localization, yeah. the most ambitious... A spreadsheet with a map with all the yellow NXT yeah. arrows. Going I remember, this yeah. was before failed dismally. This was the most ambitious venture, low-key, in the history of professional wrestling, right? He didn't get Hulk Hogan as the face of this new, wildly aggressive and ambitious expansion strategy. He picked Joe Coffey. <coughs> That's Joe Coffey, Wade! He tanked a takeover! He didn't work. <laughs> and now he looks like a lad. Yeah. This... Segment was genuinely not good, and like I'm all for creative expression, right? But some people need to be told to change their look. It's simple, whether it's yeah. like a, a, a Jericho esque locker room figurehead or even the Booker outright, they should be saying, right, I, I see what you're going for. Give me an argument as to why you dress like that, right? Okay, I'm kind of in charge. Don't look like um, an average bum on the street. Mm. Um, by the way, Tyler Bate, you're meant to be this really young prodigy who's imp- so stunningly impressive. Because you're so young and gifted and prodigious, maybe have a shave so you don't look like you're 38 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are they doing? Like, 
star creation has been an absolutely massive problem for WWE over the 21st century. And the early indications is that having Triple H encourages wrestlers to say the word wrestling, maybe it isn't as important <laughs> as making people look and feel like stars because this NXT UK invasion was, it reeked. Yeah, Joe Coffey just like doesn't pack a punch, does he? Unless he's like loudly calling one in a beatdown, which he did here. <laughs> um, he never did as a main eventer on this NXT UK thing that doesn't exist. Uh, and he doesn't now. And it, So this was a, a bad end to a segment that you could separately analyze as mm. an interesting bit of business. Um, this segment, for two or three reasons, should remind every wrestling promoter, the good ones, the bad ones, the indifferent ones. Tell that, a bit of friggin' shave, you idiot. <laughs> that even pig sh thick brands, <laughs> and that's what NXT 2.0 is, can still pick up, can still have details. Like, if this is the lowest bar, and I'll... I'll I kind of love NXT 2.0, but like we have to acknowledge how low the bar is. Yes. If even this brand can think about little details, then every single wrestling promotion should and has to. Tony D'Angelo tapping on the mat is a th is a detail that they're going to go back to. What have they done with the Diamond Mind Forever? They watch the tapes, right? Roderick Strong has said, watch the tapes, watch the tapes. Creeds have watched the tapes. They've actually spotted something. It's really quite good, this. Details, right? Details, details, details. And this is NXT 2.0. Meanwhile... One of the stupidest character arcs in all of NXT is that Apollo Crews can see the future. <laughs> and, like, we're not just talking, like, hypothetical situations. When he was in the cafe, it was like, uh, I'm going to see that guy's going to be a badass, so I'm going to deal with that first, right? He's actually seen what is literally going to happen and thus stopped it. Now, we don't need to get into the butterfly flex now. Well, hang on, doesn't that completely change it? Yeah. You'd see six different futures if you're going to start changing it on a whim. Like, you've just broken the butterfly's wings. Apollo Crews in the multiverse of madness. Yeah. Like, a few weeks ago, he's walking to the ring, like, Apollo Crews is next. And then completely forgot about this, by the stopped way. Stopped dead in his yeah, tracks. And he, see it? I don't know. and he sees the Diamond Mine selling the beat down in the ring, and a green light flashes down. And it turns out that the green light was Gallus, all the Diamond including Roddy Strong, and he's in the beat down, which again, it's nice foreshadowing because it looked as if Strong was going to have been the one that brought Gallus in. But all along, Apollo Crews could have said, no, he's with you. He's not with Gallus. I, I saw it. And Crews like, why didn't you fucking tell us? Apollo. Maybe he thought it was Pitbull. <laughs> he was like, I'll make sure Mr. Worldwide's not here today. Just like, there he is. <laughs> It's stupid that Apollo Crews can see the future, but he foresaw this, right? You know, and how's you know how's that? <laughs> what's going to happen with the man that can see exactly what's going to happen? Mm. Well, everything he should be telling us. Like, <laughs> never mind that guy that got kicked out of NXT for revealing spoilers. Just like Apollo Crews' brain. I'm just going to tweet things I see before my match. Should have probably seen that Zion Quinn attack the other week coming, shouldn't he? Yeah, really. <laughs> he can never get jump from behind. He can never not win every title because yeah. he can just manifest these things and they can happen. Uh, it's a shame that Gallus were the payoff to that. I really liked two separate teasers of you thinking you know what's going on and then you don't. Yeah. Not only was it strong and the Gallus thing, but it's wrestling. When, like, Julius is saying, oh, I've, I've got you a bang to rights, and then you see in the divide, they're kind of asking, is Roderick Strong going to split the brothers up here? Like, I'm behind you, Julius. It's like, oh, no. Mm. Like, the, is he going to come between the, a pair of brothers here? Like, what a bastard, Roderick Strong. So twice they've done that. And I'd like to say the Tony D'Angelo that they watch tapes, they think about stuff on the show genuinely. And it's this show. Like every wrestling promoter would be like, Christ, if this absolute nonsense can do it, then we mm. need T2. Gallus are not a credible wrestling act and they never have been. Don't put your support behind them. Yeah. No one will. No, yeah, I've got my saying. Nothing to worry about. 
And that even wasn't the most egregious thing that happened with NXT UK, which we will get to in due course uh, <laughs> alongside talking about, yeah, Taylor and Biet needing <laughs> a bit of a shave. Uh, right, let's talk about Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez, this uh, grudge match between the two of them. Um, I like the fact that they, they didn't mess about. They didn't come in and announce them and, right, let's do a lock-up. Perez is pissed off with Cora yeah. Jade uh, and her... Dark kendo stick, uh, and they just <laughs> rush into a attacks her. Bell goes a ton of fire from Perez to start off. Uh, Jay cuts her off though and hits a suplex on the floor to take us to a break. Uh, when we come back, they're just trading strikes. They do a nice sort of exchange of of near falls and bridging out of it and reversing stuff and rolling people up. Uh, and then Perez throws Core into the corner. European uppercut, avalanche slam, cover two count. Um, she gets a uh, swinging leg sweep for another two count. Roxy hits another knee lift, goes for Pop Rocks, but Cora escapes and hits a huge knee um, and uh, takes Cora down for, uh, takes sorry, takes Perez down, uh, hits her with a two count for that. And then Cora Jade, to, to attempt to get away from all this, um, grabs her kendo stick, swinging a miss from her, uh, drops the, the kendo stick. Perez grabs it, threatens to hit her with it, but she's, too good a person. She throws it down, but the pause that she's taken to reflect on her actions and stare at her hands a little bit as I see Cedric rolling his eyes here. She looks like a dumbass because Cora Jade just immediately DDTs her. Jack Cactus Jack double arm DDT basically onto the kendo stick uh, and Cora Jade defeats Roxanne Perez. The finish is unforgivable for, regardless of if you like it or not in terms of its execution or whatever, the finish is unforgivable because... This happened once before, and it was literally one of the worst moments in a character's life, and it still gets referenced. Right, Bailey and Alexa Bliss. There are many ways in which they screwed that Bailey babyface character up on the main roster a lot. And like Triple H, you would have imagined would have looked on fuming week after week. Like, I think I've just given you John Cena, Dad, and you've done this to him. Right, you know, I, I, week after week after week, she was having these awful things, and the kendo stick is still held up now as one of the very worst. Right, so they've just redone the bit. So that is inexcusable. Do not make that mistake again, and you've just done it. I want to believe, because I like both of these, I want to believe they have a better match in them than this, but this match worried me that they don't. Mm. And that's not a great mark on Cora Jade, because Roxanne Perez has had like some pretty good matches on NXT 2.0 thus far. I had such high hopes for this. Yeah, well, I, I, it wasn't so much my hopes were high, I just really wanted it for them, because mm. I've enjoyed the story. And it's made me like, should I lower my ceiling on Cora Jade? And that's the last feeling you want to have coming out of a match that was supposed to be a big spotlight occasion for her. The finish was inexcusable. The rest of the match was fine. Uh, they were trying to illustrate the, yeah, it's a street fight, so we're not going to lock up, and we're just so intense. But that felt a bit too fake sometimes as well. It's really, really difficult to... One of the reasons why Anarchy in the Arena is one of the best matches this year, we said this at the time, it's in the reviews, it's really, really hard to fake real violence, and that felt like real violence from end to end. And that's what you need in these blood feuds. And sometimes it just doesn't feel real. This didn't feel real. It didn't feel heated. It didn't feel full of hatred. And their attempt to project that through, oh, no, what have I become? It, it, like, inexcusable conclusion to a match that just never really hit the level it needed to. Yeah, I can't disagree with any of that. I was absolutely bewildered at this finish. What and I had the exact same comparison in my mind. Why would you Bailey, Roxanne Perez, who is the only person, I think, who embodies those same utterly invaluable intangibles that Bailey had. Mm. Roxanne Perez has potentially got that charm, that incredible in-ring ability, that effortless ability to just 
get people to sympathize with her. And they've literally done the exact same thing they <laughs> did with Bailey. What is wrong with this company? Why are you so unbelievably stupid? Um, I didn't think the match was all that. I think the tone was a bit weird throughout. Um, ultimately, you're not going to get this out of WWE, which is why it's fundamentally a bad pro wrestling company. You're not going to get two people who hate each other violently trying to destroy one another in a fight. It always has to look pretty. It always has to look staged. It always has to look posed. The big acting scene at the finish was Dismal, it betrayed the entire tone and tenor of the feud. It made the baby face look like a complete geek asshole. Um, and because I hate the creative process so much, I couldn't even deflect any of that loathing onto Cora Jade, who was just playing a part as a puppet because Shawn Michaels likes making movies more than Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah. Get Shawn out. Are you, get Shawn out. Uh, I've watched this finish. Actually, my God, uh, keep Shawn there. Tell him that you were better in 1996. Remember 1996, pal. Not everyone can do what you did in twenty between 20, 2008 and 2010, pal. Um, stop projecting your bollocks onto them because that's bad teaching and training. The whole point of te teaching and training is that you're meant to identify how your students learn. You're not meant to completely impose your way of understanding and doing things onto your students. You're meant to engage with them on an individual level and work out how best they can do it. <laughs> you, can't go are, to, you can't go into work and say, take a bunch of pills and put your body at risk. <laughs> like, if only that was the advice you could offer. This is true, but Shawn Michaels literally is the um, guy from Friends who says, hello, my talking props. <laughs> yeah. That's who he is, and I hate what Such NXT. Such a shame, isn't it? I hate what NXT became as soon as he... That I, grew, I, 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 grew an influence that on that football room. cliche about like the greatest players don't necessarily make the greatest managers because you kind of kind of just tell people to just be me, just go out there, yeah. for ninety minutes and be me. Like made sense to me when I was a player. Sean has always had that problem, hasn't he? Yeah. Like the only thing he can coach is the like late career melodrama that people didn't really love then, or may only allowed for it when it was say like in an Undertaker saga or yes. in a Ric Flair match, and it's like. Think about how special those examples yeah, no. are. You cannot just do that week after week. No, exactly. I was just I was so frustrated by this finish. And hearing you two talk about it has wound me up all over again because I was like, I know I pitched Roxanne Perez winning, but I was I was been fine with the Cora Jade win here. It wasn't like well, Cora again. Jade wins, they they're gonna go again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there's a million other options you can choose to to have Cora Jade win, but to give Roxanne Perez an out. I know and you don't have to do this, and I know you've already got trick and people like that, and you know. Tony's got his boys and or boy and, uh, and 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 what have you. But like we saw Cora Jade with uh, was it Commander Aziz? Oh, like no, a, sure, yeah, yeah like you don't have to do out, that. Yeah. But if you're gonna say something happens to allow Cora Jade to suddenly hit a DDT, maybe even onto the kendo stick, don't have it be like you say. Roxanne Perez go ah. Why am what I so have, violent? What have I become? Yeah. What have I become? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move a on. Total. F Geek. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's move on uh, to backstage with Boris Johnson, Sir Wanksalot and Fallon Henley. Uh, they don't want to talk about something that lasted week with pretty dearly. I don't care either. Um, um, and then here comes Gallus, and they want the NXT UK tag titles. And I think, so fine, take them, take them back to NXT UK. There's no, there's no such thing, baby. <laughs> yeah, who's left? I don't, I genuinely don't know. Like Siri, show me the single worst wrestling combination in all of the industry of a match I don't want to watch. Jesus Christ! I know. These two awful loser Virgin Cowboys against Gallus. That is, that is the opposite of not just wrestling. Anything I want to watch. I'm going to go home tonight. Right, my wife's out tonight, and we've fortunately got some the kids babysat for a couple of days. I'm going to go home tonight and watch a Princess Diana documentary because I love Princess Diana content. Can't get enough of it, right? <laughs> like that is like elite tier stuff for me. Like it's a bit of a guilty pleasure. Oh, there's a new Diana documentary. Is this going to be the one that tiptoes closer to saying maybe it was somebody else's fault? No, it's not. <laughs> but they're all class anyway. And you just want you just want to see it happen. Uh, I never, ever, ever, ever thought. You know what I really need is the Cowboys versus Gallus. Yeah. Like, well, they've won those NXT UK tag titles. Like, I might have thought, now they've got those belts, yeah, they're going to do pretty deadly stuff in the, in NXT. Like, I might have even thought, like, before they broke up, British Strong style, maybe that's maybe they're thinking of something like that. Gallus and these two. Like, who wants that? Just, like, Shawn Michaels. We'll put it on him again. He must want this. He just, likes Gallus. The, the light coffee, it's the weirdest thing. It's just like, like he's you just turned around to me and said... We're going to have two teams from Britain come in to NXT or be in NXT and challenge for the NXT UK tag titles. And they're not going to be the grizzled young veterans. My head would have exploded about a year ago. I mean, you might, ridiculous. You, you might get it in a few weeks. <laughs> you might get it in a few weeks, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm re-watching Miami Vice. Yeah. First season. I don't think I've, I don't think I've watched and I, I know it. Obviously, huge cultural yeah. imprint, but I don't, I've never watched it properly. It's would it? dated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's such a vibe, though, mm. like chasing down drug dealers in yachts and speedboats at night on a synth, <laughs> on a synth soundtrack. Yeah. Like, it does make me want to fire up uh, GTA Vice City, just yeah. even mentioning it. Woodstock 99. That's what That's I've been on watching. my list as well, yeah. Good. Miz is in it, so it's obviously good. Um, <laughs> very briefly, but it is... Wah, yeah. What were they thinking with all that? So, uh, there's our TV recommendations for the week. <laughs> um, but Apollo Crews doesn't need to watch them because he's seen them all in advance already. <laughs> he's backstage with Bron Breaker and says... Apollo Crews, the Sky Plus box. He, goes, he says, good luck to Bron Breaker ahead of his match tonight. And uh, Tyler Breeze is going to show up. And Bron Breaker went, huh? He went, nothing. Didn't say anything. Uh, huh? And then he just stares at me. He says, what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine like Apollo Creed is like, you know, if you watch, like Diamond Mind have been watching NXT, they can see that I can see the future and that you're still getting a eh? reaction. <laughs> this guy's got like the most important superpower in this whole show. It would be and funny. it's on telly. Yeah. It would, I'm not saying that he's he's thick, but it would be funny to see Apollo Crews try and explain Bron Breaker that he can see into the future. Like, you know the precogs in uh, Manor Report? <laughs> anyway, he stares at the belt. That's, that's what happens here. That's what they do. That's, yeah. Uh, Right, let's move on. Can't, to... can't he just see him pinning Bron Breaker? 
Done. Also, cool in three weeks. The thing is, if he doesn't do that, why isn't he like some nihilist? He, he sees that there's no future, literally no future for him. Maybe he could be like a, a, a nihilist type guy. Yeah. That's what we kind of like to talk about. Vision, that's a freaking point. I mm. think the first time they did one of these, we've talked about this because like he, he sees like Vince calling him back up and him losing by roll up on Raw. Uh. What's the <laughs> point of anything? What is the point of anything? Vince isn't there anymore? Yeah. Like, well, like he, this is what I mean. He could see an actual push for himself. Yeah, I know. That he wouldn't have had once upon a time. I think he, I'm just convinced. This character is brilliant and can't work. I said this earlier. I think he saw, oh, the IC title's not going to be defended on pay-per-view for like two years, so I might as well lose it then. <laughs> might as well drop it. It's because this should be, like, we're critical of it, and some people just love these characters, and I'm not judging the people that love the characters, but when we're critical of magic power stuff, this is why you can pick it apart in seconds. Like, Malachi Black. Like flicks the lights off and then he's in the ring. It's like, why would you ever walk anywhere? Like, I don't think I'm going to fly today. I'll just <laughs> click my fingers and I've arrived in the building. Like, what? Do you reckon? <laughs> why would you bother with like queues in airports? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you he was like, right, start of 2020, bad news. There is going to be a global uh, pandemic. But yeah. good news, I'm going to go 30 minutes on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> so it's not all bad news. Anyway, let's talk about the highlight of this show, the match of the night, the, the match of the year, potentially, for me. Tony D versus that goddamn dirty red Santos Escobar. All a goddamn nothing in a street fight. It was one of those. Oh, it was everything. Uh, that dirty red keeps his dirty red ways going by uh, attacking Tony before the bell rings. The schmuck. It was a goddamn baby it face. It was a baby face. <laughs> The heels only got one guy. Maybe you should realize that Hulk Hogan was a goddamn baby face. Instead of doing Joe Coffee and two double heel matches, you might have a goddamn clue in your head. <laughs> nice baby face. Why you got six from friends? <laughs> so uh, Santos, I'm not going to do the whole voice the whole time. Santos <laughs> chucks a chair at Tony D. The bell rings. He hurricane runs into the chair. Early on, I thought, is this a squash match? Because Santos has gone, batted him from pillar to post. Uh, he's in complete control, uh, but don't worry. Don't worry, boss. I got you. Stacks, Stacks jumps off the uh, jumps off the apron to take out the rest of Legado del Fantasma. Despite the fact I don't think they were actually doing anything, they were just there. Minding their own goddamn. He needed to address the numbers game. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I think they were minding their own goddamn business. Uh, so oh! what, it, straight after that, Stacks takes a clothesline on the floor. Uh, but this whole distraction allows Tony D to recover and just clonk Santos Escobar in the head with a with a trash can lid. Um, he's in control, takes us to a break, works him over, um, targets the arm, puts in the ring steps, all that sort of thing. Um, he suplexes Escobar onto a pile of chairs that are on the floor, um, starts slapping him around, basically, taunts him. That fires Escobar up, who starts striking him back. Uh, Escobar does great Escobar stuff, as always. Starts chucking himself about. Tope Suicida. Um, stacks on the outside. Goes to get the crowbar. But everyone bloody knows where that crowbar is now. So Legado have actually got it. Stacks gets twatted with the crowbar. Um, then whoever it was from Legado gets kicked by Tony. Um, and uh, Escobar tries to get the brass knucks. They get dropped on the mat. Escobar goes outside and Electra Lopez is there to give him the crowbar. Last second, Tony D tries to jump Santos. Santos moves. Sorry, Tuts. Uh, Esco- uh, Electra Lopez gets laid out, and Tony just shrugs and then kicks Ele- uh, kicks uh, Santos Escobar in the bollocks because uh, he fired up, obviously, seeing what happened to Electra Lopez. They get back into the ring. Um, 
and uh, Escobar's recovery not to just nail Tony in the head with a kick. Um, and then there's just an absolutely, I've, I've tweeted it, uh, but the Wilborn mega fans will forgive me. Hang it in the Louvre. The uh, image of Tony D and Santos grabbing each other. This this feud, this epic that they've had between the two of them. On one side of the ring's the crowbar. On the other side is the brass knocks. And they both dive for their personalized weapon. But Tony D is foist, as he always is. And that schmuck is sleeping with the fishers because he twats Santos Escobar with the crowbar. Lays him out. One, two, three. He's still the mother <laughs> and that schmuck, just like that other schmuck champa, get that schmuck out of here, Tony. He is, uh, the family still reigns supreme over uh, NXT. But, oh! Your dramatic reading of that match was exponentially more entertaining than the match itself. But I've inferred from my colleagues' mutterings that he didn't really like this. Was this stupid, big, dumb, good fun? Thank you. No, but. You love this, right? Because I was going to say, I remember we all sat here and had this conversation after the Pete Dunn weapons brawl. And I was like, this was terrible, right? And I remember I thought it was great. Like, I think that was pretty great, actually. So I think, like, the Tony D'Angelo payoff brawl, where he's now the NXT legend killer, like, I was, it occurred to me, it's been 12 goddamn months, and all he does is retire NXT wrestlers in weapons matches. Yeah. He just sends them off. And I don't like any of them. You know what it is? He's NXT 2.0's best friends. <laughs> that's what he is that's what he is Jockey D Tony D I just thought this was stupid somehow dramatic hard hitting goddamn San Escobar almost flew out the goddamn room Jeez. with that dive uh, yeah it's a stupid but it was like quite dramatic and I was slowly drawn into it if they're like everything attached to this food has been absolute nonsense but the payoff I thought was yeah, I had fun watching this I liked again I'm going to give them credit for some details. I like that all along, despite the you know turbulence within the two families coming together, Tony D'Angelo was like putting over the quality work of Electra Lopez. So for a split second, I was allowed mm-hmm. to think she might turn. And that might be that what addresses the numbers problem and all the rest of it and turn and cost Santos. Oh, I actually quite liked working with Tony D and all that. She didn't. And then I liked how like Tony D was just like really callous in brushing her off. It's like, so both of those I thought worked as nice details. Um, This is going to sound like I'm just... This is, like, for you, Will Bourne. So he has a long feud with Pete Dunne. Ends in some, in inverted commas, epic. Beady Poppins. Gets rid of him. Beady Poppins. Long feud with Champa. Ends in an inverted commas, epic. Gets rid of him. Long feud with Santos Escobar. Gets rid of him, right? Bad matches, but who cares? Mm, I, classic matches. <laughs> I think he's going to be Brombreaker's big bad. I think so too. I think so. Brombreaker has this run where he topples everybody and he's become like like all the people he's beaten. He's like, I've got the heart and soul of black and gold, but I brought it to 2.0. I'm the perfect NXT hybrid. And like, it's everyone knows it's becoming time that he's going to get the call up. The pattern seems to be that Tony D'Angelo will be the one to stop him, send him back and win the title. I'm looking at the calendar going, well, Brombreaker would be a good like surprise rumble and that transitions yeah. him onto the main roster. And then you, you work out some, you know, just basically do what you do with Goldberg, but with. But with Bron Breaker and Dolph Ziggler, most intrinsically two point character, like to be the one to stop him in the not good epic. Tony, Tony, these that me and Sige disagree on on the, the night is like the goddamn time. I think he's finally figured out the Bron Breaker twenty minute match problem. <laughs> I really enjoyed this, obviously, but I'm incredibly biased. You, but you, I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed it as well. Yeah, it's a bit of fun, eh? a bit of fun. Just es- Escobar and Escobar, and I was like, and I wasn't too like you know when when if he just lost this and they'd be like, well. You know, we'll just, we'll just have a thing next week where he says, I'm still the best. The trip, uh, Sigil B, 
like ruin this in a week's time when the the Papa H tweets for Escobar on Raw SmackDown are going to go into overdrive. Uh, thank you, Papa H, for feeding as well and all that sort of stuff because they've come up and they had like a half decent cruiserweight match. Ten minutes on SmackDown. Yeah, no. Just, yeah, it's all uh, <laughs> just the fact that he they were just like. I was like, that's what should have happened with the whole Nexus storyline. I bet you Wade was watching that going, see, there you go. You have someone infiltrate your group, but they're an arsehole, and then you eventually beat them. He has to live his entire career watching every storyline going, well, that would have been better with the Nexus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that was, was that the worst thing ever? I think it was. Uh, and speaking of excellent storyline development, uh, Indy Bloody Hartwell's backstage, and Index are back on paper at least. Uh, Literally. <laughs> because oh, Caden Carter and... Uh, Katana Chance are there chatting about something. Um, and uh, and she's obviously still fawning for for, for her dickster. Um, and then she gets given a letter, and it's a picture of her and, and, and Dex Loomis Index, and oh, my heart grows three sizes. But then in comes another invading force to ooh, rip up a piece of paper. It's Blair Davenport uh, from NXT UK. Another surreal introduction, this, Sige. Yeah, they are either booking in plain sight the next um, edition of the uh, uh, heavily anticipated When Worlds Collide pay-per-view, or, <laughs> or NXT UK is dead. As we say often with uh, whether they going to do this match on TV or on, pay- or on pay-per-view, why not both? Why not both? Uh, you got anything for When Worlds Collide? <sighs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Okay. It's got to be British, though, hasn't it? Because all these are. Oh, because it's like NXT UK versus NXT USA, in effect, yeah. right? Do the sound effect, and then some of the words in British yeah. accent, and some of the words in American. Go. Well, worlds collide. He tries to bring them together for collide. <laughs> I had a stroke then as I tried to do that. Collide. <laughs> Strap, I, remember, I remember a little Nick's trying to do the accent challenge that time. <laughs> uh, it's just, I think I brought this up at the time, right? So it was t- uh, Stand and Deliver, where <laughs> where um, Indy Hartwell and Persia Prota were so <laughs> cock obsessed that they had their boyfriends like in a con. Remember that contest they had, like my boyfriend's better than your boyfriend. Dexter Loomis gets released, and that would have been like May. So she could was better. April, May, right? <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> he gets released. He gets hired back. And they even mocked his real life release by Indy Hartwell being really sad. They didn't split up like they didn't split he lost his job. Like if it's support yeah, like, the, isn't the marriage. like it's like, oh no, this is a really terrible situation it's fallen as I'll support you and I hope you get a new job because in marriages that's what happens when you find these difficulties together. And now he's been hired back. Like She's got this letter, and it's like, oh, my husband, who I'm still married to in storylines, <laughs> has got a job. Things have, uh, the best have been in the Hartwell Loomis house for ages. And she's like, I love that. This doesn't make sense. No. That's what I'm getting at. Is it like when uh, when they had Renee on commentary, and they're like, what's going on with Dean Ambrose, Renee? And she's like, I don't know. Uh, 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 yeah, what can I? <laughs> be pretty, like. Yes, yeah, former B Priest, by is the she, way. Is yeah. she a good addition or not? Like, I've not seen a wrestle. Wildly, wildly uneven. Yeah. It could go either way, couldn't it? It always could, I think, with her in AEW and in Stardom and places like that. It's just... Well, one way in AEW, she's pretty rubbish. But in Stardom, she has <laughs> yeah. certain acclaimed matches. Mm-hmm. And it's the fact she came in and said, I'm going to be uh, world champion. And I thought, oh, another another heel versus heel match then. Yeah. What? It just baffled me, this. But anyway. Uh, and then we got a, a hype video for Wendy Chu and Tiffany Stratton. And Tiffany says, 
I am like completely over a Wendy Cho. Like so done with her. Seriously? It's not even funny. <laughs> Wendy sighs, says, look, it's simple, all this. I'm tired. I'm tired of her talking down to me. I'm tired of her believing she's better than me. I'm tired of her thinking that I'm a joke. So next week, Michael Sidgwick, a lights out match. Everything is legal. Uh, Tiffany says, I'm obsessed with this lights out match because I can do whatever I want to win the match. There are like no rules, none. The arena's going to be darker than usual, so you, know, you won't be able to see Wendy's face, which is good, but which is perfect. Um, but you won't be able to see my face, which is so tragic. Uh, and she says, uh, Tiffany is right about one thing. I am obsessed. I'm ma- obsessed with making... Tiffany Stratton feel the way she makes everyone else feel. Maybe I'm crazy. Like you, Wendy, uh, is going to turn her <laughs> dreams into a nightmare. And she and she says, next week, Wendy, I'll make you go night night. Toodles. I love toodles. Um, a lights out match. Kenny Omega, John Moxley, take note. Yeah. You know, it's funny to to rib on the square, ripping off AEW, that's funny. That's where the uh, the entertainment ends for me. <laughs> the, you know what the best way of um like hyping up a match is? It's quite simple this, right? It's uh, you have two wrestlers and they have an undying hunger to kill each other because they hate each other that much, right? That's ideal for me, personally. Um having two people say I'm bored of this, let's get it over with. I'm bored too. <laughs> yeah. So why, if you're that bored, just don't bother. Also, it'd be nice occasionally to have, you know, it go not 100% 50-50, but 90-10 at least. Like, has Wendy won a match against Stratton? Like, she's got some, she's chucked some... We're talking about now we're in the feud that they're trying to pretend that didn't happen about six months ago. Yeah. When, like, Tiffany Stratton beat her as the first sort of rung on the ladder type thing. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be better than... Uh, Adam Cole versus Orange Cassidy. Well, I think yeah. we're all certain of that. Um, I want to see the Vince Russo pitched one. I want to see the NXT universe in the what, the Cumberdome be given torches. The game's going to be so much fun because obviously, like, I think of a Lights Out match, I think of that bloody bed of barbed wire that they yanked out for uh, Omega Moxley. And I'm like, well, you've got Tiffany Stratton, who's a meme factory as it is, and you've got Wendy Chu, who's really wacky. So, like, what are they going like, to... He loves this one. He's getting it over. He's getting it over. The weapons, that's the game next week, lads. Just wacky weapons. Wacky weapons, Wednesday. Oh, it's not Wednesday, is it? It's Tuesday. It? <laughs> they lost that war. For, so I forgot about that. Oh, oh wacky went. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. The thing is, like, obviously, Tiffany Stratton's been gradually turning babyface anyway. But it's a nightmare for her, because it's just not going to count in the rankings. Nada. It's not going to get her any close to, like, Mandy Rose. Ooh. Uh, speaking of Mandy Rose, it was her uh, women's championship match next, and they were listening, clearly, Michael Amber, because they followed your advice almost to a T. Um, so Mandy Rose, as instructed, <laughs> targets Zoe Stark. You know, she's back, but is her... What was it ACL, MCL she did in or whatever it was? Is it fully recovered? Has she come back too soon? She's been wearing that knee brace, which is a target, obviously. Uh, sorry, just to interject. Like, it looks massive on Zoe Stark, and it's really effective as well because it sells how much leg repair. It also makes you realize how massive Steve Austin's legs are. I saw somebody wearing a knee brace in real life when we were on holiday last week, and like, I was just like, 
that's a normal sized human being. Steve Austin used to wrestle with two of them on his legs. Yeah. Wrestlers are giants because yeah. these things are massive. Yeah. These things that keep you like your knees in place or whatever it is they do, they're huge. Mm. Like and Austin, that's ridiculous that he used to just walk around in them. <laughs> um yeah, so she targets the knee. Starks eventually does fight back though, but she's selling the leg. She hits that modified GTS of hers, but because of the injury and the the, the targeting that Mandy Rose has done, she just struggles to get over the for the pinfall. But Mandy Rose, wily veteran that she is, rolls out of the ring. Um, Stark is pissed off, goes for that sort of wrecking ball drop kick through the ropes. But she gets a, a leg and obviously that knee caught in the ropes. Torch gets tortured there. Rose kicks it, targets it, yanks uh, at the knee brace, tries to take it off at one point. Starks, though, recovers, counters with some nice near falls that have the audience sort of bit on as potentially a finish. Um, they trade back and forth. Um, Mandy Rose hits a jumping knee, that finisher of hers, and you think, well, that's that. But Starks kicks out, and Mandy Rose thinks, what am I going to do now? And then she just takes Stark, she takes Zoe Stark's knee brace, puts it on her own knee, and nails her in the head with it. One, two, three, Mandy Rose retains. Did this go the way you were anticipating? Yeah, I, I think this was probably the best match of the night. Yeah. It was um, Zoe Starks selling. Like, it's WWE, so some of it was on the nose. They cannot help themselves. But some of her selling when it wasn't so exciting. Basically, right, how to watch WWE and see good selling is watch when the camera isn't focused on the selling. So if the camera's not completely focused on the face or the injury itself, just watch what the wrestlers are doing then. Because even though they're trained to like be there for the hard camera, sometimes they're just trying to be the best wrestlers they can be. And Stark's got that in spades. And as well, and this is why I pitched it and why I think I've seen it before, Mandy Rose, to her credit, is a pretty good... She's becoming a very good WWE instruction follower. And that probably sounds really condescending, and I don't mean it to, because they like wrestlers like that, but it's becoming part of her character. She's held this title for 300-odd days. Now, there has to be... You have to be a little bit credible, even if you cheat to win most of the time. And I thought she embodied that really well here. I thought, like, her facials were really strong when she was... And it wasn't in that... Like, there was one shocked kick-out face, because they cannot help themselves. But you have to, like, brush that aside and then watch the rest of the match as a whole and think, now nah, they were both really committed to the story mm. here. Stark's great. Like, a way more complete package than up until recently she's ever been given credit for. And I hope that the SmackDown tag team thing is a move to the main roster because it could use her. Um, and maybe more so now that she's lost this match than NXT 2.0 mm -hmm. can. Uh, this was a massive credibility enhancer for Mandy Rose as a long-standing... Nice toxic attraction not get involved as well. Yeah. They, got, they did that early, which is like an AEW thing where you like they know that it's important that the match and the result looks credible. So they deal with that stuff yeah. fairly early in the match. Um, so that was good too. The finish, it wasn't a foreign object because Zoe Sarks has brought into the ring because she needs it. So the referee doesn't need to call a DQ. You'd seen Mandy Rose having this maybe idea in the back of her mind the whole time because she's worked on trying to get rid of it earlier in the match. I, like, I'm not doing cartwheels over it or anything. I wouldn't say this hit like four stars plus, but it was a, this was absolutely the most effective version of yeah. what this match could be. Enjoyed it. I can't disagree with any of that. I can't add much more to it. In fact, there's one thing I want to cover, right? And I can't tell if I was annoyed by this or if I'm actually, for the first time, agreeing with something that um, Vic Joseph said. My wrestling pet hate is the bit in the match, right, where the, the veteran character, whether it's a veteran performer or not, is irrelevant. The veteran character has a move done to them and rolls out the ring, right? So apparently, right, it takes good 10 to 15 years to learn this trick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, he knows the ring inside out. That's a savvy veteran move. It's like, I could do that. Because mm. like, I've seen it so many times now. My first instinct, if I'd been hit with a finishing move, but I had just enough about energy because it wasn't quite far enough in the match where it's wiped me out. Oh, God, it's going to 
take a hike here, like, because that means I can't get pinned. No, why? Because I've watched wrestling for about. <laughs> how are they possibly going to pick me up and roll me back in without all my energy coming back? Yeah, it's just like I hate how it's a. Uh, takes fifteen years to learn that dark art, <laughs> even though you could just watch wrestling for a month and think, "Ah, oh, that's a good one. I'll, I'll take that." It pisses me off, but it's framed as a spot of savvy, not cheating. They're well within the rights to do it. And Vic Joseph was like, oh, "Committed a crime there." Like, ah, that's what you're doing that for. So well, she's just using a veteran savvy. That takes about a month of training school and work. <laughs> uh, I hate everything. <laughs> uh, we got a couple of uh, interesting videos that came next. Quincy Elliott is here. He's got a confession to make. He's coming to NXT. Uh, he sees people from all different walks of life, and he's okay with that. But he owns it. He works it. There's no one like him. He's the super diva. He's got a Bratz t-shirt on, and he's coming soon. And we've been uh, watching a bit of him this morning on Level Up, and I I'm, can't wait to see more of him. Well, that should illustrate how office over he immediately became because we went and watched Level Up. That should tell yeah, you everything yeah. you need to know straight away. It's like, well, we'll have five more minutes of him. What is this show? Oh, this is another one of NXT UK things that is a myth. And it's like, it turns out he's quite fun on there. Yeah. So got high hopes already. People love him. He's got a good act. Uh, yeah, I've got high hopes. Yeah, he's a character, and he'll fit well in, of course, in NXT. But, oh, uh, it's just like Grayson Bloody Waller does. Uh, he's chatting with Mackenzie Mitchell. He's perpetually hiring himself, despite the fact he consistently loses. Uh, and he said, oh, yeah, I kind of 1-0 over Apollo Crews, really. <laughs> and they were like, how you 1-0 over Apollo Crews? And he's like, well, I, ch I think he challenged him last week, wasn't it, after a match I can't, or something? I, I can't remember. I did the actual hosting duties for the podcast, <laughs> and I can't remember. But apparently he said uh, Apollo Crews sort of bitched out of a match against me. So next week we're getting the, the Waller Effect, uh, a new talk show segment, one would assume, and, and Apollo Crews is going to be his first guest. Although Grayson Waller shouldn't need to ask any questions, should he? Because Apollo Crews can know what's going to be asked of him, sure. I'm just going to ask him how it goes. So how's, how's the talk show going in the end? We'll just ask him on Twitter today. Yeah, You'll yeah. need to watch it next week. Grayson Waller was brilliant here. One of my, he's one of my favourite characters on this show. Yeah. Uh, main event time, it is... <sighs> Run Breaker versus JD McDonough. Uh, and Breaker's entrance this time was uh, not as good as when he cut an X in half and kicked it with chainsaw stuff. He had a sledgehammer, because of course he did, um, with a box with JD written on it, and he smashed it a bit. Cool. Um, it's pathetic. Rubbish. And despite the entire build to this being uh, McDonough's going to target Breaker and, and, and you know, uh, isolate a body part, that's exactly what Breaker did <laughs> early on. It rolls were reversed. Um, you know, Breaker showcasing his strength and his skills and what have you. Delayed vertical suplex. Uh, standing moonsault by Breaker. He's just ridiculous. He lifts him up again, like I say, just, just targeting the arm, targeting the shoulder, et cetera, et cetera. Getting his own back, basically. Uh, Lariat. Um, Breaker's dominating as we go to a break. It looks like there isn't going to be really much of a world title match. But during the break, um, <laughs> McDonough apparently pops his shoulder back in because he's a freak. Um, and he drops... Gets her from the ping. <laughs> he drops... <laughs> he drops Breaker neck first over the turnbuckles. Oh, that spandex has got like a raging boner. <laughs> like, oh, man, I love this one ping. <laughs> so he... Jimmy McDonald's like, oh, God. <laughs> I didn't count on that. Like, you can't do a marker pen around that. <laughs> Even if you get an erection, I'm going to know what to do with it, Brian. <laughs> what? <laughs> so... so <laughs> And so McDonough uh, drops Breaker with his neck over the turnbuckle during the break to take control. Uh, Breaker fires up as we come back, though. McDonough cuts him off. Um, Breaker explodes with shoulder tackles and a power slam, uh, but he gets posted. Uh, McDonough puts a cross face on Breaker, and Breaker oh, just has to get to the ropes to break the hold. Um, Super Frankensteiner from Breaker gets him to an 
three quarters, basically. Uh, but Madonna fires back and hits a Spanish fly off the top rope, followed by getting fired up and immediately hitting him with a brain buster for a nice near fall. Uh, McDonough goes for a moonsault, rolls through when he's missed it, though. Breaker spears him, spears him a second time, pulls down the straps on his singlet. He look, he's all fired up to hit that power slam of his. But McDonough um, fires up. He's got blood pouring out of his mouth, and you think, and Breaker's looking at him like he can't believe it. And then McDonough just sort of went, hit me with another spear. And Breaker went, okay, and just ran through him, um, hits him with a, well, gets him up military press. Power slam, one, two, three. Braun Breaker retains. Let's talk match, and then we'll talk post-match in a second. Well, like, J.D. McDonough's going to cut a promo like a Von Wagner one next week when, like, I realise I like the pain as well. And, like, that's going to be his recovery from this, and it's not going to be believable. Like, this character is dead, and they're going to try and, like, reheat him next week. So this result won't matter then either. This match, I mean, it was rubbish. And yet, it, it, was, it was drab and rubbish. And yet, what it made me think of was... So Bron Breaker did loads in this match, and the story, as it was presented to you in 50-foot-high letters, was that J.D. McDonough spent weeks saying, I've got it all. I've got every single aspect of this game down, and I know you inside and out. So Breaker's done, like, six more things to be like, no, actually, I physically have it all, and you couldn't have predicted this, right? That's the story. And, I, like, it wasn't elegantly told, but it was told. It was screamed at you by Vic Joseph throughout and then shown through the match itself. This reminded me of watching years and years and years of older wrestlers talking about training younger guys. Like, imagine if you watch, like, an AJ Styles documentary and Jeff Jarrett's saying, I've got him in the early days of TNA. He's phenomenal. He's every bit as good as he says he is. But AJ himself will tell you, but I needed to learn how to put all of that into a match. You can go out there and you can do these things and you can generate headlines, but long-term, you want to make a career out of this, it's how you do it and it's where you put it. This was just another advert. What the hell is going on in that performance centre? Like, Shawn Michaels needs to be held to account for this. Whomever it was that put this match together that has been training Bron Breaker, Bron Breaker did like seven amazing things in this match and I cared about none of them. Mm. Like, what is going on in that performance centre that you can put together a match with so many cool spots that were put in the wrong place over and over and over again? Like, I, like it's criminal. It's absolutely criminal. Like, day one, Bron Breaker's like, well, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this and like, Triple H and Vince and John Laurinaitis and all the guys at the time going like, like having the Tom McGee moment. Wow, look at this guy we've got. He's jacked, but he can also do this moonsault, and he's got this. He can do all his dad's things, but he can do, like, supercharged version of it, like, his uncle's things, supercharged mm. version of it. It's going to be so cool. And then, like, Wrestling 101 is where you figure out how to put them in the match yeah. and when to deliver them. They got so much of this wrong just to tell this stupid story about, like, well, you didn't see that coming, did you? Like, it, all of them were minimized, one after another after another, like, and it was boring. It's just the worst version of all of it. And, like, and I want, I'm rooting for Breaker still. But it's in spite of everything that's yeah. been given to him. Yeah, I had no idea what to make of this at all. Um, it was just, it was so much, so, that's what I'm looking for here. It's a turn of freeze. It's nowhere near as clever as I thought it was. Mm. And like, that's my least favourite thing in sort of any entertainment medium. Um, I would have, I was burying in anticipation the predictable beat of the story. But at the same time, the reason why I resented it is because they had to, with the with the help of visual aids, like a goddamn dummy in a surgeon's pen, tell you, uh, it's a pro wrestling story that's going to happen, but we have to make props out of it. You are an idiot who needs visual aids to understand things. That's the aspect that I was burying. Not the good idea to do a wrestling match based on two characters, the dynamic that exists between them, and how to tell that story. They just got it all wrong, as Hamphill points out. It was nowhere near as clever as it thought it was. And the idea of Jordan Devlin trying to have this big sickly grin, eating a condom at the end of a match with blood in it. 
I don't think of him as a sick guy, except he kind of does seem like one. It's just the weirdest thing. It's so weird. It's like, you know, bad, correct typecasting, if that makes yeah. any sense whatsoever. Yes. I, 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 what I didn't get was, you know, I, it was an interesting visual, right? It's like making Jim Carrey pull rubber faces and it being not funny to Adam Wilborn. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but it was just like, okay, he's this, he's insane. He's, like you say, he's been... No, I'm insane. He's, he's Patrick Bateman or whatever. He was seen in an ice bath earlier on, et cetera, et cetera, right? He's prepared himself for all this. I didn't even mind, like you say, the Johnny full of blood and, like, I'm still here. <laughs> Johnny's class, man. I'm, I'm fired up. Yeah, you know what that makes it sound like, though? Like, uh, Gargano's gotten into hardcore matches. <laughs> like, he's a deathmatch guy now, Johnny full of blood. <laughs> so, my thing was, though... He's a Johnny. My thing, thing was... Johnny. He, he fires Jim, up. Jim Carrey. But then he just Robert goes... Jimmy. He just goes... Just hit me with another spit. Like, yeah. I'd have yeah. been all right with it if you'd have Yeah, with the psychopath of not, like, figured, like, I've got a counter second time exactly. around. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Can I have another? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, it was like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, no, it's, it's finished. It was yeah. just such a, either don't do it or do it and have him do something rather than just go, please, please, <laughs> sir, can I have some more? Thank you, sir. I'm too stupid to understand what's going on. I'm going to go for another spear. And what? Yeah. <laughs> like the, cool. I love how the idea he can't live rent-free in Bron Breaker's head because he doesn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of stupid, post-match, Tyler Bietz comes out. To Talk about the over-the-desk conversation after this, before you throw it at one of us. Yes. I'll do that first, actually, because it came first. Yesterday, we were randomly talking about, well, we're talking about NXT UK, which is a rarity, obviously, <laughs> but um, also talking about what's going on with, with Tyler Bietz. Because, you know, I'd seen maybe on social media or something the whole Trent Seven split. Mm. And I was thinking, I couldn't believe when you told me it was, what is it, five years ago, the Blackpool, the, the coronation. Yeah, January 2017. Tyler Um and, uh, and I was like, bloody hell. And I was like, what's going on? What's going on with him? What are they doing with him? Because, like, he was a prodigy, obviously. And he, he, I'm right into thinking maybe this was just pre-pandemic. He flirted with NXT, didn't he? He was like in the crowd and maybe hopped the barrier at one point yeah. to have some matches. Thought Cameron Grimes, didn't he? He popped him from the crowd. Yeah. yeah. So it was, a, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, he's coming. And then he just didn't. And then he also wasn't champion, obviously, because you had the you had Walter and then you had Ilya Dragunov. And you said, oh, well, um, Ilya Dragunov's got injured, so he's had to relinquish the title and they're going to have a big tournament. And uh, spoilers, uh, they've taped it all, obviously. Um it's Jake Humphrey needs the BT Sports Studio or whatever. <laughs> uh, and uh, and Tyler Beard's going to become the NXT UK champion again. And I was like, right, okay. The thing is, as we mentioned on the news this morning, he hasn't even had his first match with, <laughs> is it Kenny Williams, I think it is, in, in, in the NXT UK championship tournament. And yet he walked out here as NXT UK champion to confront him so you can have um, Vic Joseph scream about worlds colliding and what have you and have the champion versus champion thing. But, but he's not a champion yet. I know it's happened, but it's not been aired and it's just a blatant admission, Sige. As we've said, that no one watches NXT UK and they don't care about it either. It's, uh, it was quite incredible, this scene. Um, one thing on Tyler Beard, he looks like the guy who turns up at the high school reunion in the film and you think, oh, what, what went wrong there? Like, he looks like he's 38 years old. Like, I understand that he's not oh, like... I keep getting older, but they stay the same age. Like, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Like, you can... He's still, what, in his early to mid-20s. Just give the last... I'm going to guess. 
Well, Shrew was 17 in the tournament, so I'm going to say he's 22, 23 oldest. Was he not 90? I think he's 20. Oh, maybe he's 19. 24, 25. 25. 25. 25. He's still ridiculously young. You can still give the lad a shave. You can still give the lad a shave and say, you know what? He's How impressive is this guy for being this young and this talented at this age? You can still reboot him, basically. But he looks like the guy at the high school reunion. He's like, ah, oh, someone wrong there. What a shame. So that's bad, right? My favorite thing about this post-match scene is that there is not a soul alive who watches NXT UK on this kind of, oh, I'll check it out if it gets a bit good, or, you know, I've heard a bit of hype about <laughs> 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 I've heard a bit of hype about NXT UK. I'll check it out casually or selectively, what? or, you know, huh? when, the, what? When, the, <laughs> when the occasion demands it. The only people on planet Earth who watch NXT UK, all of them to a man, are convinced that it's the special, incredible, best show of the week. And it's about 48. But they all insist that it's incredible. There's no one out there in the world saying, oh, I was a 7 out of 10 this week. That follows a 6, but, you know, they've got an 8 in them. They all think it's a 10. Check cage match. 40, yeah, they've got the cage match. It's the same 50 people, like, absolutely swarming at it to, like, uh, pump it up as better than it Progress is. Progress Wrestling Leicester fan ranked it 10 out of 10. <laughs> Sounds like a small man. So they've got the smallest and yet most deranged Arden fan base. Honestly, you think AEW sexuals are <laughs> overzealous in the way that they claim that it's all great. Maybe you just need to take a mental break for yourself, man. If you don't think this is 10 out of 10, mm. take that worst AEW fan, right? There's loads of them. 10XT UKs. Yeah. Little piss ants on Twitter, <laughs> right? Times that by 100. And you get the NXT UK fan base. Like, a horrible lot. <coughs> the least discerning fan base, the most committed, blindly loyal fan base there is. WWE is just, like, just... Oh, God, what if they're watching spoiler-free? What if they're watching spoiler-free week after week? In so, well, yeah, I've heard that there's not going to be any more tapings, but at least we've got a tournament to look forward mm. to. And they're just pissed in their face. Unbe unbelievable. And unbelievable. It's not, it's not, Andy pointed this out to me on the news. It's not even the just the tournament. It's the conclusion, I think, to the beer... Trent Seven feud, isn't They're it? They're a big road driver. Really. Yeah, that's a th I is it the final? That'd be Trent the Seven. Oh, no the final. Is, but yeah, <laughs> um, Although, who wins? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, match wasn't going to be any good. It was Trent Seven. But the... Um, <laughs> the internal WWE investigations are going so well that Nick Khan has actually discovered the NXT UK tab on the spreadsheet. Yeah. And that's how well those investigations are going. What the hell's this? <laughs> he's knocked off Vince and now he's found that brand that's after the, all these years. We said that as a joke. Hamlet made this Tony, uh, the Nikon spreadsheet joke of like, oh, there must be a tab that no one's like looked into yet. They've literally not been able to account for millions of dollars, so it's not wrong. <laughs> and now it's here, and it's only because BT needed the studio back for the football. So <laughs> you can't book it these uh, these Saturdays now because the World Cup's earlier, so we need the studio sooner. Studio for what? Hey, Hang on, Nick, wait a Nick, second. Nick, Nick, there's been a Nick, wrestling. Nick, um, we f we can't have the studios anymore for uh, for the wrestling because they need it back for the football. Huh? <laughs> in the in the UK, the NXT you you know we got NXT NXT the UK brand. What? Yeah, the season's starting early because of the World Cup in Qatar. Oh Qatar, yeah, I love those guys. Want to do some business with them? Yeah, just inexplicable. Like, don't get me wrong, Bron Breaker versus um, Clean Shave and Tyler Breeze. Well, not Clean Shave, keep the mustache. Obviously, they'll find a way to ruin this. Is you know what? I, it didn't even occur to me because I just assumed the shutter in that already shuttered factory in Enfield is. When you said Worlds Collide, it did get me thinking, is this supposed to be a bigger picture? Are they going to do like an invasion 
when worlds collide type thing and just make a one-off of it and then send all the UK dweebs back to the factory? Or is it is this the closing down of NXT UK? What Because it wasn't made clear that, like, I'm not saying that Tyler Bate and Gallus and Blair Davenport are allies, but, uh, like, Nathan Frazier came over and Pretty Deadly came over. Is this just a continuation of that? Or was this a, there's going to be a Worlds Collide show coming up? I think it's a bit of both. They're doing a Worlds Collide show. He literally said, Worlds are colliding here yeah, to conclude yeah. the show. But also, I'm like... I, who's bloody left? What are the UK guys going back to yeah. afterwards? It yeah. might be like a Hail Mary to reinvigorate that brand and say, it still exists. Try and watch it. If you don't, who cares? What's your head down? Make us Amora again. Absolutely brutalise <laughs> Do something, yeah. Get her over. But yeah, a baffling conclusion. Because initially I was like thinking of my bullet points and I was like, can I write Invasion if it's just Gallus and B... Yeah. Well, not B Priestley, Blair Davenport. And I was like, oh no, yeah, that's what they're doing. So... But yeah, inexplicable that they just spoiled their own championship tournament. But then again, they don't care. And the, is it you limiting, what, 50 people? Sorry, Pat Rich will make it all make sense again, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> let us know your thoughts uh, on all this, on everything we've discussed uh, on Twitter, <laughs> at what culture? Johnny, do- Tommy, yes, Papa. <laughs> I don't know why, I'm just looking up at him. <laughs> Going too long? Yes, Papa. <laughs> Spoiling Tawny's? Yes, Papa. <laughs> Staring at hands? <laughs> at what culture do we do on Twitter? What you can get Open your mouth. Ha, 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 because he's terrible at promos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael Hamflet on Twitter at... Michael Hamflet. Yeah, Michael Sidgwick at... I'm Sidgwick, yeah. That's yeah. pretty niche YouTube parenting. Yeah, part, I know, isn't I know. It? Not everybody will know that song. That's Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll be back later on today uh, to preview AW Denimate. Uh, what is it? Oh, it's House of the Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Wreck of the Dragon Steamboat. I'm buzzing for tonight's show. We'll be previewing that later on today. Uh, but this has been the NXT 2.0. <laughs> review my thanks for the daily voice thank you for joining us and we will see you soon mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing we wondered the same thing so we made byheart a better formula for formula learn more at byheart.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.